and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well while they're all quarantined with coronavirus. Um, But you know what? You can now listen to more podcasts, so silver lining, right? How are you doing, Kat? I mean, you know, I've been better. I'm fine. I'm in in self-isolation, which is great. Nice. Uh, I hung out with two (laughs) Italian dudes last Saturday. Um, That didn't work out very well for me. Uh, Fever, chills, the cough. All of the above. So, uh, as the UK is doing, anybody with any mild symptoms is self-isolating. Which, do you know what's funny? I feel like my natural state is self-isolation. Oh, 100%. But when somebody tells me I have to do it, I'm just pissed off. I'm now very aware of how often I touch my face. And I was like, now I feel like I'm touching it even more because I've been told not to. And that's like my inner rebellion coming out. Well, fuck you. I'm going to touch my face all I damn well like. Uh, and do you know, we apparently touch our face like something like 2,000 times a day. And do you know how I know that? Yeah. Because when I was sick in bed with coronavirus, I chose to watch Contagion. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> and followed up by Outbreak. Because Brilliant. I was just in that mood. Anyway, it was great, and I really enjoyed it. It didn't freak me out because uh, I understand the difference between real life and movies. But um, it was just great watching. But did tell me one to two thousand times a day we touch our faces. Who the That's fuck? That's insane, knew? and it totally doesn't surprise me because now I'm uber aware of how often I actually do it. Um, have schools closed in the UK yet? No, no, no. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I was woken up to an eat where I get up really early because I go to the gym anyways at a ridiculous time of day. Uh, so obviously checked my email and this morning at four o'clock this morning, got an email saying my kids' schools are closed starting Monday. The week after was already our spring break anyway. So, so far it's just going to be until March 30th. So it's an extra week, but I haven't heard about the little one's school yet. So well, maybe we'll you're maybe going to be 50% of how. Maybe. Well, maybe. I think in, uh, there's lots of there's lots of unhappiness here. I think people thought that Boris Johnson should have shut the schools. I actually don't agree. But um, we are also two weeks away from our Easter break, so I feel like he's going to wait a week and then do it. Because our right. Easter break is two yeah. weeks. So if you shut it now, we have them home for a fucking month. No, that's insane. And right that's now, insane. if you think of all those parents who are doctors and nurses and emergency yeah. service workers and hospital workers... All of a sudden, they can't go to work because you told them their fucking kids can't go to school. I don't know, man. I think we need them more in the hospitals than we do at home looking after their kids. Yeah, 100%. This is my big worry because like big, big corporations will be able to weather this storm, but like small local businesses who have kids, it's, it's really going to fuck them. And I mean, I don't mean to put like economy over people's health by any means, but I mean, these are these people's livelihoods that, you know, nobody's paying back. No. And I think it's not about putting it above people's lives, but I do think it needs to be a consideration. And I I don't think... I think it would be really easy to do knee-jerk reactions right now and shut everything down and go into lockdown, and then may well be a time. Hi, we're America. We've done that exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? There's this thing, isn't there? Boris was... uh, Not Boris, yours. Your blonde idiot. Trump. Trump was um, hanging out with the Brazilian dude who's just been tested positive. I I would bet 
my uh, both my ovaries, my firstborn, my secondborn, and every penny in my bank account that even if Trump tested positive for coronavirus, he would fucking lie about it. Oh, uh, that does, yeah, I'm... I'm not going to argue with you at all. Anyway. It's crazy. Selfishly, I'm just really hoping it doesn't mess up my girls' trip that I have planned next month, which is our trip. I don't want to talk I really about hope it. we can still do that. It's really hurting no. my heart. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm Everybody concerned. put out those positive vibes because the content will be gold, as you saw when I was in the UK. <laughs> because that's what everybody should be putting out positive vibes for right now. Right? I mean, obviously we're very concerned about the elderly, the vulnerable, those with underlying (laughs) health issues. But really, if you could use all that manifesting shit power that you've got, all of that, if you could direct it to our uh, girls' trip to Florida in April, that'd be great. (laughs) Okay? I mean, who doesn't want to see more drunk Reagan and Kat all over our stories? (laughs) I've got to be honest, we were a fucking hit. We were. We're brilliant. Uh, Anyway, that aside... um, I mean, what a world we live in. And I hate to be seen to be benefiting off coronavirus. I think it's fine because we don't make any money from this podcast yet. Um, But, you know, I think this whole staying at home thing means that you should listen to more of our podcasts, get more involved with our social media, send us more emails, watch more reality TV. Yeah. Tell us what you want us to review because, you know, we, we all may be in quarantine for two weeks. So you want us to watch Love is Blind? We can do that. I mean, basically, we might get to a point where the only thing we've got to do is just record shit. We'll be like those, what is it, when, like, everybody's going down, but there's still these people that are dedicated to spreading the news. Like, no, I'll be here until it all goes down. We could be that person. Yeah, like in all the, like, Cormac McCarthy, like, books, like The Road. Yeah, That one person on the ham radio is still giving giving news, not noise, but anyways. (laughs) Or discussion about reality TV. Uh, Yeah. I've got to be honest, I think the coronavirus is sending us all a little bit crazy. Uh, I'm I'm torn between wanting to watch the news 24 hours a day and wanting to also look after my mental health. It's a lot. So here's my advice. If you are... And if you're not, then you're weird. But if you are feeling stressful about coronavirus, turn off the news and watch some reality TV. In a bath with a glass of wine. Also, the question, like, there will be shows filming right now. Like, there will be reality TV shows filming. I'd be really interested to see. Obviously, I think it's going to get to a point where they just just shut down production. Um, Yeah. but, But I'd be interested to see how they, like, incorporate it into what's going on. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I think Potomac, The Real Housewives of Potomac is filming right now. Oh, I love Um, that show. So yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting when we get those new waves of shows. I think Beverly Hills, I think, is wrapped by now. But um, yeah, we'll see all how it goes. Um, So there's just a little FYI at the beginning of this episode. Shaws of Sunset has now switched their airing date to Friday night. So we are incorporating it, but we're going to kind of be a little bit off timing. So you will have already seen the next episode of Shaw's when you're hearing this. There's really nothing we can do about that. I don't know why they put it on a Friday night. They typically never do that. Maybe it's temporary. It's really annoying. And it's really annoying they didn't ask our fucking opinion either. No joke. Come on, Andy. Oh, God. Um, Come on. With that in mind, we are kicking off for Shaw's of Sunset. Yes. <clears throat> Um, which this week was mostly dominated by uh, 
well, we're going to get to that. We'll get to that. We discuss something else first. But it was mostly dominated by the weird sort of Mike Nima fracas, which I did not see coming. Like, if you'd have said to me at the beginning of the season, who's going to get pissed off with each other? It would not have been Mike and Nima. No, and I kind of felt like that fight came out of nowhere. Like, even when we saw the beginning of it last episode, I was really kind of dumbstruck by it. Like, I had no idea why it happened, what led up to it. I found it a very odd fight to have, and now it's just going to continue on into this episode and bring Paulina into it, which is an interesting little triad dynamic. Well, seeing as we started, um, should we just, should we carry on? Because, yeah, in, just, because yeah, interestingly, we did find a little bit more about it that we got quite a lot more backstory between Nima and Mike. Yeah. And I think maybe that's, even though it felt like it came out of nowhere, it feels like there's been shit rumbling. And in fact, when Nima talked about it and sort of said he's felt a bit bullied by Mike for a long time in this kind of big guise as I'm your big brother, but actually I'm just going to be a patronizing Such bullshit. Um, yeah. And then this whole way he tried to play off Nima and Shervin over this business. This dude's makeup line. <laughs> Was that what it was? I didn't get that far. Yeah. Yeah. It was a dude's makeup line. Oh, God. That, like, I think Mike and Nima had kind of come up together, and, like, they decided it would be a good idea. And then Shervin was also going to get in on it, and then Mike tried to play Shervin and Nima off each other. I, I don't know, dude. It really makes me wonder about Mike. Like, I don't know why Mike is trying to start a business when he's already, like, taken on this huge development for his family it's, that is going to take all his time for two years. It's like it's like he is grasping at any straws to just get rich. And that for him is happiness. Like, I just need something that makes me rich. And I feel like he's willing to throw any friend under the bus to get there. And and it, I find it really, I found it really, really sad because both Shervin and Nima, I think, are really good guys. And the reality is, is that success comes to the people that play nicely, that are fair and kind and good. And I think he's just not, I don't think he has that. Mike's just really upsetting me right now. No, I totally agree. And I almost wonder if it's part of like a self-sabotaging cycle. Like you're not as rich and successful as you want to be because you don't calm down and just focus on one thing. You're doing shoes, you're doing real estate, you're doing men's makeup, you're doing this development. Like, you got too much shit going on. Like, if you really, like, I really feel if he buckled down and really focused on this development for his family and just did that, he'd probably be fine because he's also making money from the show. So it's like, you got too many kind of get-rich-quick things things going on whereas actually just you need to pare it down focus on one and make that shit work well and I think he's afraid that if he did that it wouldn't work and therefore would reveal him to be kind of incompetent and in which isn't the case like the reality right. is if you want to build a successful business the one fucking rule is that you don't give up but you've just got to keep right. going um and it does get hard and it does get tough but I feel like the first time it gets hard or the first time it gets tough he freaks he the fuck out and bails because yeah. he doesn't want to fail um, but actually, a successful business is a series of fails and successes, and you have to just keep plowing on through. But this guy, I mean, it, it, it's sad to see him so lacking in self-esteem and doing that classic thing of trying to control everybody around him to make it look okay. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the way he treats Paulina. So Paulina texts Nima because of what Nima said about her, which I thought is actually a pretty grown-up thing for her to do. Like, hey, let's meet for lunch. Let's talk about this. And I thought their chat went really well. Like, she was very direct about how she felt. Nima was very direct about how he felt. There weren't fights. Nothing was thrown. Like, they came off as very cool, normal adults, like, having this conversation. Then Mike gets involved because Paulina tells Mike in the car on the way to like go to the cooking thing. And he flips the fuck out and blames Nima for it. But we've seen him do this before. He did it with Jessica, his wife. This like Mike desperately tries to control the narrative so that it fits what he wants it to look like. And the reality is he freaks the fuck out because of course he's treated Nima like a twat. And Nima's gone, look, to be honest, Paulina, this is is why I said what I said, and it wasn't right, and I shouldn't have done it, but I'm reacting to this. And Mike didn't want her to know that. So he's like, you just leave it between me and, you know, I just think, oh, stop, just stop, own your shit, accept that you've treated Nima badly, that you've made a mistake, say sorry, and both of you move the fuck on. Yeah, be grown-ups. Be grown-ups. Be grown-ups. I mean, it wouldn't be as great television if they were grown-ups, but for the love of God, well, be grown-ups. but I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it was great television watching Paulina and Nima discuss things as grown-ups. Like, they had issues. They discussed it. Like, I found that refreshing. And now maybe that's because it's in the midst of, you know, loads crazy. of shows where people don't do that. So it's kind <laughs> of like a nice, it's nice to take a beat. But, um, yeah, it, it was just crazy. Well, I hope... I mean, Mike even goes so far as, like, that he broke guy code and his dad didn't teach him the right things. Like, Mike just went batshit. But that's what he does to deflect. It's a deflection thing. To deflect from the fact that he's fucked up or that he's feeling insecure, he just lays into somebody else. And... It's not it's not a good look and Paulina no. I think saw a little bit of Mike that she hadn't seen before. Um, yeah. so we'll see how that goes. Let's see. And then we had the oh. Vegas trip. Oh my gosh. How amazing was that breakfast with Destiny's mother <laughs> when Reza was totally throwing her in the shit for having a one night stand? Hilarious. That- that little glint in Reza Farahan's eye when he turns around to Destiny and goes, yeah, Destiny, who was that? Was just... <laughs> who was that guy? Priceless. I think he's wearing the same clothes as he was last night. <laughs> that's what, that's the Reza that I know yeah. and love. Um, but yeah, and, and Destiny, I'm glad that she got her, uh, what she needed. Absolutely. Um, and I love that as soon as his mum walked in, her mum walked in, Sam was like, I think that's my cue to leave. Yeah, you need to get the fuck out, man. Yeah, I, love <laughs> I that. also love that her mom was early and totally busted her. Like, yeah. I can't wait to be an older parent busting my young children in that exact, like my younger kids the same way. I feel like that's the reason we have kids, right? This bit is 100%. shit. This bit's shit. This bit's hard and it's just, yeah. just full of fucking self-sacrifice and doing shit and you don't want to do and fucking germs and all of that stuff. Um, I think by the time they're looking after themselves and paying their own bills and living in their own house, I think that's the moment where you can really reap the benefits of being a parent. Find the real joy in in just embarrassing your kids, really. 100%. Um, I thought it was interesting the way we saw Sarah talking about the fact that her brother had hooked up with Destiny. She seemed very unhappy about it. And I yeah, was like, she's not okay. You need to stop being a judgy little bitch. And then I didn't yeah. like the way Gigi got up in Destiny's Grill. It's like, hang on a minute. It's nothing to do with you. And they're both grown people. Like, 
Yeah. Come on. So I think I think the Gigi stuff comes from she has a very not okay relationship with her older sister. So I think Gigi's I mean I'm 100% not excusing what she did. What she did to Destiny was bullshit. But Gigi's coming from a place where her relationship is so fraught with her sister that if anything like that happened, it would be really major. Whereas I actually don't think it is with Sarah and Sam, her brother, like brother lives in Vegas. I'm sure this is not the first girl he's had a one night stand with. No. And I just think it just feels to me like she is really looking down on destiny. Like when she says, is my brother into it? As if she can't believe he would be. I just thought, oh, well, fuck it's not off. like she forced him. Consent was obviously there. I think he was pretty much into it, babe. Like deep. Well, and he, deep he's into texting, it. deep, deep into it, and he's texting and calling. Like, yeah, he, he likes his destiny love. Who wouldn't? She's gorgeous. She and is funny. She is. She's smart and sexy, and I'd fuck yeah. her. A hundred percent. But I tell you, I wouldn't fuck Sarah. Who's that? Just saying. No, she seems really uptight. Like. Girl, you need to chill. Maybe yeah. maybe you need to have a one-night stand in Vegas and get what you need so you can relax a bit. Um, we also saw in this episode Gigi uh, being pregnant, but nobody knowing that she was pregnant, apart from that girlfriend whose name I've forgotten, who she does pottery painting with. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, as do. a mom... <laughs> well, I was going to say, as a mom, I've never done that with my kids. My <laughs> mother-in-law does kind of the crafty side of our parenting, <laughs> I mean, our group parenting dynamic. I've never done that with my kids, go out. but I definitely didn't do it when I was pregnant without no. any kids. Like, the fact that Gigi's like, I don't even know what I can do when I'm pregnant. It's like, babe, now's the time to sit and eat popcorn and watch Netflix and meet your friends and sleep. That's a good thing to do but before I think, you have a baby. I think Just that's sleep. what she does anyways, though. I mean, I think that's what she does anyways. Yeah, that's true. Apart she just can't from do getting it with high. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought it was I, I thought it was interesting to see that she's going on this journey alone. I I have to admire that of her because yeah, 100%, having a baby yeah. with a village isn't easy. Um, but out of all the reality TV stars that have had babies, even more than Mercedes, I genuinely don't think Gigi has any comprehension of what the fuck she's just got herself into. No. Like, I, I, right now I see on social media Gigi and Reza being very buddy-buddy and very anti-Mercedes and using that little horrible red-faced devil emoji instead of a Mercedes, which really, by the way, Reza and Gigi annoys me. Not just cool. saying. It's yeah. not cool because we are all grown-ups, even if you've fallen out with people. Um, yeah. But when Gigi has that baby, I hope that there is a moment of realization for her when she goes, fuck, you know what? Maybe I get it, I get it a little bit. I mean, she will. We all do. Like, we're all the most smug, perfect parents before we actually have children. And then you want to punch your old self in the face for being that smug. I mean, you write a whole blog about it. True, it's a thing. true story. <laughs> true story. Um, right then. Well, let's see what happens next week. But... Yeah. Gigi off the weed is going to be interesting too. Yeah, I actually can't wait to see that because I don't think we've ever really seen that before. So it could be interesting. It could be scary. We'll just have to wait and see. On to Atlanta. Oh, yes. the big news is, of course, that immediately following the event we saw last week, they announced their separation. What we find out is, in fact, that Mark announced the separation and completely forced 
Kenya's hand in a way that makes me really angry because I think at the end of the day, there's a kid involved. So if you're going to have a public divorce, you can't just be forcing people's hands. Like, this needs to be something that you manage together. Or even if you can't manage it together, your fucking people manage it together for the sake of your kids. I think it was 100% a very dick move for him to do that without like not even giving her a heads up. Like she got the heads up from her publicist because it was already out. And I think that is kind of the most wrong way you can handle yourself in a divorce, especially with a baby on TV. I mean, it's, it's very disrespectful and humiliating and I just, it's really not cool. But I've seen, you know, I've seen people behave terribly while they're married and still manage to pull it together and, and divorce, not even amicably, yeah. but responsibly because they've got kids. And at the very least, you've both been massive thundercunts to each other throughout this whole right. thing. Like now, when you're getting out of it, at least try and do this right. But, but it's just another example of how neither of them can put their egos to one side and do the right thing. It's just... Absolutely. It's impossible for them. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was really interesting when Candy and Cynthia go to visit Kenya, and then she starts opening up about Mark's infidelity and the things that she rent, went through. And for me, it was like a huge light bulb moment. It was like, oh, so this is why she was being such a dick to Tanya and Paul, because she was putting all of her own feelings into it. And I think that's been the story with Kenya all season. It's all been about Kenya's own frustrated feelings on everybody else, which while I have sympathy for her having to deal with all this shit, it's still not okay to be a dick to everybody. No, and I think, like, we can all understand that. Like, I would get that, but I would love it if, if I thought that Kenya could get to a point where she went, do you know what? I was a, I was awful and I was awful because of this and I shouldn't have been and I'm really sorry but I just don't think she will I just don't think she'll put two and two together and that is just ultimately her problem but what I think is interesting is that she took to being a wife it was really similar to what back in the day like Sheena did in her first marriage with Vanderpump Rules this idea of what a wife should be and what a relationship should look like and despite everything else going behind the scenes we're just going to pretend that everything's okay and it, yeah. it's that's but never ever gonna work. It's just never gonna work. No, no, um, it's not. And I I feel like everybody called it before. Everybody that saw her around him was just like she's just not herself, and that is not sustainable. Like you can't have a long term real relationship when you're not being who you are. And and wait, wait to get married until you find that person you can be your grossest self with. Because if they can see you at your grossest and still love you and want to be with you, they may be pissed off at you. But if they can still love you after that, then that's a real real relationship. You can't fucking hide shit and think that that just makes it go away. No, and I agree. And I think having been through tough times in my marriage, what I've realized is the person that you are when you get married is just the beginning. Because even if you know completely who you are, what marriage requires, which is something, by the way, nobody fucking told me, is such <laughs> huge personal growth. Like, you're yeah. not, you're, you have to become a different person. You have to change and grow. And I'm so amazed, I'm so grateful that I did it and got there because the person I am now is, I would 100% prefer to be this person than that person. But getting me there was a fucking struggle. And I think Kenya's at that age, and I think this ties in, 
it's very it was very hard for me to do when I was 30 when I got married she's like late right. 40s it, it's impossible struggle if you're not prepared to change well and I think the key is that you both have to change like I, one person you know what, can't stay change, the same I want to say grow just grow right. yeah 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 both people have to grow and be committed to growing because, you know, like we've talked numerous times before, like marriage is a choice you make every single day. Yeah. Every single day that you wake up, you choose to be in your marriage and you both need to be doing that versus one person, you know, doing all the work and one person not or two people who just don't want to grow or are incapable of growth. I don't know. I don't really believe anybody is that way, but anyways, it's, it's just not good. No, um, and then following that, they all head off to Greece, um, which Kenya does decide to go on, which I think is great. Um, and Nini comes too. It's a full team back together. Absolutely. And I mean, those of you who've listened to us loads this season know that we're not often Team Nini. But this episode, I really was. I felt she put a lot of the bullshit aside, was just trying to get into, like, get into the girl mode. Like, she took her lashes off and took her makeup off. And when she was interacting with Kenny at that dinner, I truly feel she was being real. Like, we've all, there are a lot of divorces at this table. We can put bullshit aside. We just want to make sure you are okay because it's hard. And it's, you know, it's rough and it's soul-shattering. And I felt like... By Kenya taking everybody else on board who agreed with that, but purposely leaving Nini out of the conversation or the thanks and wouldn't even sit down with her, I felt was a just really fucked up. It was a huge slap in the face. And to give Nini credit, and I mean, this isn't just giving a normal person credit. This is giving Nini credit. She let yeah. that slide. The first time that Kenya was shady to her, she let it go because I could, and you could almost yeah, see her yeah. like totally make a decision to like focus on the bigger <laughs> issue, like yeah. to recognize that what Kenya was going through, she gave Kenya a fucking pass. She gave her a pass and that Fanini must have taken every ounce of strength. But the second time, uh, yeah, it just, it was just too much. And then it was like this sort of star crossed lovers thing where Kenya's like, Oh fuck. Okay. I'll go and speak. It's not that I don't want to, it's just, I don't want to do it now. She's like, you need to go and tell her. But by then Nini's like off the reservation, yeah. it's gone left. Yeah. And, and then there's no telling Nini. No, no, it's not going to happen. It's going to be a massive blow up <laughs> next episode is what I predict. Um, I don't know if that's, yeah. I don't know, I'm torn between whether it is going to be sort of the beginning of a new feud or whether um, Nini's going to sleep on it a little bit and perhaps give Kenya a chance to, to speak. I feel like in the previews for next episode, it will not be the latter. It will be the continuing <laughs> of an old feud that will just continue on and on and on forever. <laughs> well, who would Nini be if she wasn't but in we'll a feud see. with somebody? But you know um, what? I mean, I think in this in this particular, I don't know. I mean, I kind of get where she's coming from. Like, look, I, I put our shit to the side, tried to be there for you, and you were still a dick. Like, some people are just not meant to be friends and not meant to get together, and that's fine. If they can exist together and not fight, then I think that's a win. But I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see next week. 
it looks to be interesting. I mean, maybe the most interesting part of The Real Housewives of Atlanta this season is going to be in the next oh. two or three episodes. I mean, at least we're finally getting some Nini sparking. Yeah, I feel like we're in a little bit of a drag on a couple of shows. Like, there have been a couple of shows where some things have just been like, all right, I am d- like, I'm done with this trip or I'm done hearing about this wedding or I'm, I'm just like, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, this didn't need to be 20 episodes. This whole season could have been 15 and... No, I hear you. And I think uh, (laughs) Atlanta's definitely one of those. Um, But we've got a new show and it's not just a new show to the show. It's a new show in the world. Full stop. New show to the world. Full stop. Season one. Family karma. Episode one. Family karma. (laughs) I am. And it's brilliant. Fucking here for this. I don't know. I fucking hope you've all seen it. But I am in love with this show. I love these crazy ass strong women running the shit. Mm-hmm. All of the moms in this show are badass. Some are a little crazier than others. They're all doing their thing. I love their kids. They're, they're all dynamic. I mean, sorry, I'm probably skimming ahead. Like, we should just go through and talk about them all. Well, let's do that. So, so this. Okay. First of all, I've got a million quotes from the show. The quotes are brilliant. They've oh. got great chat. I had snakes in my chakra was probably one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> we learned that 20% of the world is Indian. And this is, I have no doubt, Bravo, working to make this reality TV shizzle way more diverse. And we've got the Shahs and now we've got Family Karma. And I think it's a really smart move on their part. But just totally. to be able to watch this show and not just learn about new people, because that's why we do what we do, Yeah. but to really start to learn about a new culture is just fucking brilliant. It is, 100%. So first of all, go, oh, sorry, go on, you go. No, I just love seeing more diversity on the screen. We touched on it a little bit in our special with Natalie. It's been something that we've talked about, I think, kind of numerous times, but it's really nice just to see more people representative, represented in the reality TV world. I agree. Um, so we start with Anisha, who is yes. an ex-fashion mogul from New York who's come back to live with her parents. Uh, and they are based in Miami to, to launch yeah. her own fashion company. And man, I feel for her. I could not imagine moving back in with my parents. But it's such a all. cultural thing. Like, that's kind it of, it's kind of what they do. But I do feel for you. And I think she feels a bit the same. She's like not done that. She's like moved to New York yeah. and not lived with her parents. And now she finds herself back. And just listening to them all, him, her and Amrit later, like trying to do their business with their mums. Like, do you want dinner? Do you want lunch? We take the dogs out. Cup of tea. Cup of tea. <laughs> you know, all of this stuff is just hilarious. Yeah. It, um, it immediately takes me back to like being a 12-year-old girl in my room and just being so irritated by my mom and wanting to slam the door and roll my eyes and just be alone. I know. And also, imagine if you had a grandfather that just loved going to Hooters. (laughs) (laughs) See, I had a grandpa like that. He was my favorite grandpa. It wasn't Hooters, but he would just do fun stuff with me. And that's priceless. So we've got Anisha... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, that's okay. I'm trying to um, manage my, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. dying no, lungs. Fine. Yes, so we've got her. Uh, how do we want to do this? We want to connect to friends or just do them in the order that they were introduced? Let's do them in the order that they were introduced. So then we move okay. on to Brian, right? Yes, next up is Dharma and her son Brian. 
and they are blessing his BMW to protect the vehicle from harm. <laughs> Which I loved, like really loved, but I yeah. also love Brian. He's like the whitest Indian guy we've ever seen, right? A hundred percent. But just watching him like have his BMW blessed and going to drink the water that was there for him to like, <laughs> and his mom's like, for the love of God, like, come on. Get it together, man. <laughs> Get it together. And again, it's this great dynamic of these strong women who just these men look up to and rely on. And it's not, yeah. a, it's really interesting. It's not this kind of misogynistic, patriarchal dynamic. It's a very matriarchal society. Absolutely. Um, and I can't think of any of the guys that we were introduced to that feel like they're in charge. No. They're not in charge of anything. <laughs> yeah. None of them are wearing I mean, the maybe, it, maybe at work. We haven't, like, seen them, like, at doing their own thing. But definitely not in the family. They don't even feel the need to be in charge. Like, their moms are just running everything. I mean, Brian's mom literally, like, just uses him as a doll with the face mask. And, <laughs> and then her, That's what, her gorgeous cackle is going to oh, be one of the favorite yeah. soundtracks to 2020 for me. We need to try to, like, get the sound so we can just play it on the podcast. But, I mean, as a mom of two boys, I totally identify with that. I'm so glad your girls are my, one of your girls is my goddaughter because I can do that kind of stuff with her one day. Um, but yeah, that's what we do because you have like, you know, five outfits in a store for boys. So you have to make do and do what you can. Um, well, you can use my girls anytime. Um, excellent. And then Vishal. Yes. Um, who is living with his parents engaged to, I, I'm, we're not, we're not 100% sure how to pronounce it because we're twats and we forgot to make a clear note of it. So we're going to... Yeah. I, I thought it was Risha. You thought it was Rika. I thought it was Rika. We so will we'll get, see. We'll get good on we'll that see. for next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who also lives with his parents when she's not when away she's with When she's in work. town. Yeah. So she... It's my understanding that she lives in Nashville and works in Nashville, but she comes out to see him. So when she comes out to see him, she stays at his parents' house because he lives with his parents, but they don't sleep in the same room. They have separate no. rooms at his parents' house. Which I think is actually a fucking great idea, frankly. I mean, I love my <laughs> husband, but that bastard snores like a motherfucker. Um, I would have hated it, though, being 20 and visiting my boyfriend. I would love it now, being almost 40, being married for ages oh my god I remember having having a boyfriend for four years and I was about 18 at the time but we'd been together since I was 14 I'd lost my virginity at 16 with him and he came over one night and it was like two in the morning and I said just stay it'll be fine just stay and my dad obviously got up for a piss in the middle of the night (laughs) came into my bedroom opened the door pulled the duvet off and yes we were stark bollock naked and said, get home now. So at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, my boyfriend had to like run out to the car with his dick in his hand, like terrified. I could just imagine the furious mustache flitting that would have been happening with your father telling that boy off. (laughs) Get out now! Um, Anyway, it was one of my most scarring teenage memories. So they don't have to deal with that, which is good. Um, But Vishal is an interesting character. Yeah, no, he definitely is. Um, I don't know how long this marriage is or this engagement 
if it will carry through. Um, we definitely see issues between their two families, especially their mothers. Um, Vishal's kind of like the Reza of family karma, but not as interesting. Like he's well, kind of the collector. He brings everybody together in the way that Reza does as well, but he's not. He's not the strong, flamboyant, charismatic yeah. character. But I do think he's still interesting. Like he's 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 like this um, really scared little boy in the body of a man with the six pack of a Chippendale. Oh yeah, I mean, quite a nice body. He he spends a lot of time on it. I mean, if he was a really confident, he'd be knockout. But he's like, despite the body and the size and the rest of it, he's just like this tiny little boy that's terrified. I really like him. But I'm, I'm with you. He's yeah. going to have to grow some balls if he wants that marriage to work. Absolutely, because she definitely has balls for the both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she does. Um, so. Uh, and then let's move on to Monica, who we also meet. Um, and her dad, Raj, her who's dad, amazing. Raj. Who, I'm going to put it out there, I, I get a touch of the gay vibes from. Oh, I, I 100% do as well. I could but be we'll wrong, see. but we'll see. Yeah, but he's lovely, and they have the greatest relationship, like the greatest father and daughter relationship. It's really nice to see that on screen as well. They really do, and she's sort of the the red the red sheep of the family. What's wrong with me? <laughs> okay, no, that's been a long way. She's the black sheep of the family because of the kind of group because she the others are very very westernized. She's the one that's like really trying to hold on to her Indian heritage. She's irritated yeah. that she's got a western name. Um, her dad's out buying her outfits and going overboard because he's also buying matching jewelry. <laughs> and I mean, if I'm Love wrong, it. I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. Um, yeah. And obviously she is very close to Brian. Yes. My prediction for this season is that they will get together. I don't think they will end. I don't know if they'll end up together, but there will be some sort of hookup definitely happening this season. I mean, I think let's just arrange that marriage already. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't, to be really honest. Like, Let's just do it. There great. is a lot Their to be said for a rage marriage. Well, I've, I mean, out of all of these parents and kids and family, there's only one love match, which I find super fascinating. So Brian's parents yes. were a love match. They were not arranged, but everybody else has had arranged marriages in like the parental generation. So but it's I think not that's like going to can... be a really interesting thing. And it's not like you can tell. It's not like you can go, no. oh, well, they seem happier because it was a love match. Uh, you know, They all seem happy. They all seem really cool together. Yeah. Frankly, it would have saved us all a lot of time if my mum and dad had just gone, this is who you're marrying. Figure that shit out. Right. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Save me a job. Um, and then we meet the lovely Amrit. Yes. Who is actually gay. Yes. And his mom, Lavinia, who... This very first episode, I found her honesty about her son coming out to her so lovely, so heartwarming, and so honest. I really appreciated that about her. Me too. I really did as well. And I think it's really interesting to have that conversation because just because somebody struggled with the fact that their kid was gay, even if they had... Even if you struggle with that, doesn't make you homophobic. And I think that's no. a really interesting discussion to have. There are, you know, people are of different generations and they have to deal with different things and it's how they deal with it. And it's lovely to see she's like, Yes, I was shattered, I was devastated. But now right. I love him. And and I yeah. always and I you get the feeling she was always gonna get there, but it's really good that she was honest. These mums that go, 
oh, I was fine. It never bothered me at all. I think there must be some element of that that's true, but a lot of people must be a bit like, oh, okay. Well, give me a minute. I mean, it's a change. It's It's a change. It's a a change in, in your story. It's a change in your reality. You know, everybody has different coping skills, but I really loved how she was very open and honest about it. And obviously they adore their son and they like his boyfriend, Nicholas, who I'm sure we'll see later on. But I mean, his dad, Shiresh, is also very, you know, very supportive and loving to him. And I think that's just a really nice image to have. And, and an honest image to have. Yeah, and just to put it into context, Amrit is best friends with Vishal. They are, as they yes. describe, besties with testes, which... Love it. <laughs> ...is my new go-to phrase for anything, even if it's so what not are we, relevant. Uh, we got to find an ovaries one. I was going to say friends with Ben's, but Reginas. that doesn't work. I'm really, cool. I'm really full of illness. I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's all right. We'll work on it and come back next week. Now my brain's stuck on trying to think of something clever. It's not going to work, but we will come back to it next week. Um, So we get Amrit, yes. And then finally we are introduced to Loopy Loper, Risha's, Risha, her her mum. And at first I kind of bought into her, well, they don't like me because I'm single and all the rest of it. Yeah. I bought into that and I thought, oh, that must be hard. If you're the only single woman in quite a traditional culture, even if it's right. very westernized, you know, I get that some of these yeah. old hangovers still exist. Um, and then the gala. Yeah, and then she was a dick. Yeah, she was really, really mean. I mean, I don't think Diwali is like where you should be a dick. <laughs> No, I think um, I think probably the opposite, actually. That's like saying, I'm going to choose Christmas to be a cunt. Yeah, I mean, that often happens. Well, that's true. Um, yeah. But who was it? Whose dad was it that she was sat next to that was like, oh, I can be- oh it was Brian's it was dad. It was Brian's dad, Mike. It was Brian's dad, Mike, who's like the life and soul of the party. And he seems to be one of these guys that's friends with everybody. And they were like... Yeah. They'd obviously gone, maybe Lo- like he can cope with Loper. Yeah, Even yeah, he, was he like, can handle that. That woman is a fucking psycho and I want nothing to do with her. <laughs> and he's like the nicest guy on the planet. You so know, nice. Like, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. And I think that's going to be a real sticking point. Um, I think uh, Vishal's mom, Parvani, will probably end up murdering Lopa. Um, <laughs> I, and I, nobody... And, <laughs> And nobody will turn her in. They'll all I wouldn't be. I would, am I the only one that thinks that Vishal and Amrit might get together? Do you know, just saying. Just putting it out there. I don't know. We haven't met Nicholas yet. I mean, maybe Amrit's already got someone better in Nicholas. But uh, That's yeah. true. But I, did so, you hear when Amrit said, um, when I told Vishal, my best friend, that I was gay, he said, oh, am I gay too? I mean, I feel like <laughs> if you have to ask the question. Right. Maybe there's some truth behind it. I guess we'll see. Um, We'll see. I'm loving it. I love all their personalities. I can't wait to see them interact more and just how they navigate both of the worlds that they all kind of live in. It's, it's fabulous. I agree. It's such an injection of much needed newness and I really excited. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so onto below deck sailing yacht. Where, I think we have, I think this is a bar for how low these guests can be. I mean, I think these are like the most awful guests I've ever seen. 
on any of the Below Deck franchises. Even the very rich guy who wanted the foam party was not as bad as these people. No, he was not. No, and he was always quite likable. Like, there was something yeah. quite charming about him. Jovial, right. Yeah, um, bit Santa Clausy. Uh, yeah. But these guys are, it's like they've read a book on how to be the biggest stereotypical douchebags yeah. and, and, like, fucking aced it. I think they wrote the book. Yeah. I think they were like, hey, <laughs> let's write this book and then we'll show everybody how to do it on this show. Because they hit every single fucking point on how to be a douche master. And you know what was interesting is that actually the primary charter guest was super quiet, didn't say boo to Very goose, lovely. Just no. like looked a bit like he was the fucking like chaperone. He looked like, he looked like the accountant of the group. Like he, he was did. the one handling all their money. <clears throat> He did. And and it's that oh. one guy. Well, there's obviously, we're going to get on to Lenny, but the other yeah. guy, shrimp cocktail guy, whose name I don't know and can't be asked to find out. Um, no. He was so despicably behaved when he slipped and fell face first into the sea. I have never been more grateful. No, I laughed so hard. No joke, a little pee came out. I rewound it and watched it three times. <laughs> Did you do it in slow-mo so you saw him like pop back in and out, in and out, in and out? Oh, I should have done it. Honestly, I... <sighs> <laughs> That's a boomerang we should make. That is a boomerang somebody should make. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, these guests were so despicable. And then, obviously, let's discuss the Madison issue. Oh my gosh, poor Madison. Like, I think for the most part massive pro I mean not for the most part a hundred percent Madison is like the queen of the episode I cannot believe how much <laughs> shit she took and did on her own for these guests to the point that actually it's not right like no when they came back from the bar really late and wanted more food she should have woken up Adam it is Adam's job to make food for everybody she shouldn't have taken that on her own because that's like, they, they were just dicks, because when she brought out the grilled cheese, they're the douchebags that are like, you're the breast, rather Ugh. than you're the bad. Like, they're just gross. But also, and she was all alone that night. Well, Nobody Jen else was awake. Jenna has to take some responsibility yeah. here, because I think what the deck crew realized after the first night, Paget said, you know what, we're not going to put Sierra on this again. We're going to need Parker, because... You know, and Jenna should have made yeah. a decision. Obviously, they're all girls now, but just to have two of them on there should have yeah. been the decision to be because to put Madison in that situation was really, really unfair. And actually, in light of the events that happened with Herb and Lenny, actually pretty dangerous because, yeah, I, you know, I'm not saying that they're fucking ready to go rapists, but right. you... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I really shouldn't laugh about that. <laughs> it's good, but... But it was funny. You know, what can I say? Uh, yeah. But... There is an element of a, a real power imbalance Absolutely. that can make room for a lot of fucking issues to arise, and she shouldn't have been in that situation. No, I think it's an irresponsible like work environment, is what I would call it. To leave, I mean, honestly, just to leave one person taking care of that many drunk people, I think would be like a health and safety problem. Yeah. Because um, she could never take care of all of them at one time. No, and then the incident that happens with Lenny when he just grabs her and, um, and, and, and like, pushes her, curls her. He says, I was curling her or something, wasn't he? Like, it's some sort of fucking Disgusting. gym workout. But this is the thing that just 
really, I want every man who thinks it's okay to grab somebody to hear. It's not about whether you put your penis in their vagina. It's not about whether you grab their ass or their pussy. It's about invading fucking people's space and their and respecting their right to their own fucking body. Especially when they continually tell you no, put me down. Yeah. No, put me down. No, don't tell I mean I can't I don't even know how many times she said no. I heard it about a million. And it was wrong. And this, it doesn't he just didn't give a fuck. And he knew no. it was wrong because then he turned around and was like, don't tell anybody while I'm on TV. Like he's he's disgusting, and then book. gets and then gets cocky and is like, "What's she gonna do? Call the Greek cops?" Well, do you know what? She fucking should because you are just a lecherous your, fucking cunt. She should just push your drunk ass over the boat. Yeah, she should. Problem she should. solved. And and I nobody's thought gonna come was, look for you. What was really interesting is that discussion that she had about whether she was <clears throat> excuse me going to tell Captain Glenn, and she said, "Look." What can I do? I don't want to tell Captain Glenn because people's tips will then be in jeopardy and I don't want to piss guests off. And it was just this perfect like little microcosmic moment where what she's going through is so reflective of women in the world generally that they are so at the mercy of other shit. Like everybody that that was a victim of Harvey Weinstein was in her fucking position. Like what can I do? I'll be fucked if I do, and I'm fucked if I don't. Right. Well, and nobody, and people won't believe, I mean, if we take it a step further, like, people don't want to come out, because people don't believe you, because then you have these, you know, assholes who are like, well, what were you wearing? Where was the position you were in? And it's just like... It doesn't doesn't fucking fucking matter. matter. I should be able to lie next, stark, bollock naked, passed out unconscious, in the middle of a busy street, without the fear that somebody's going to put their penis inside me. And that's yeah, just a fact. Yeah, somebody could nicely help you up and put you to the side so you don't get hit by a car. Um, but if you tell them not to touch you, then they just shouldn't and they should walk away. And that that's full stop. That <coughs> That's the way it is. But I did feel for Madison. And oh. I felt like this girl has been nothing but gracious, hardworking, respectable, kind, and... This happens, and she felt unsupported and alone. Yeah. Well, and, like, she just continued to bend over backward because it was, like, the second night that they went to that club where they wanted the DJ to come back, and so Parker was actually awake that night with her, which was huge. But she was still running around, cooking them food. There was, like, a billion people on the boat. People were vomiting. People, like, that boat was chaos, and it I mean, was dangerous. I'm not saying that, yeah. I mean, Parker and Madison were not the cause of the chaos. Like, those guests are going to do whatever the fuck they like, and they definitely handled it as well as they could. But I do think, given their behavior the night before, there should be more people. And I, I mean, I know you've got limited number of people, but maybe just rotate and give people short breaks throughout the day so they can catch a little bit of sleep. But it's just dangerous. Well, and also, I think I have an issue as well with this idea that these kind of boats, these luxury trips, you know, the ones I used to work on when I was ski ho- uh, chalet hosting, this idea that whatever they want, they get. Like, there are no questions. There's no boundaries. There's right. They can treat you like absolute shit, and they have paid for the privilege, and therefore you can't question it. It's a really so dangerous situation to put anybody in because actually... 90% of the time, right. people are fine. Nice. Even rich yeah. people are fine. Um, <laughs> sorry, rich people. Uh, they tip well. They're lovely people to be around. I mean, we've seen it earlier in the season. Like, actually, most of the 
guests that they've had to this point have been lovely and they're very wealthy and they've been fine. But 10% of the time, you just get people like this that abuse every element of power that they have, whether it's their size, their gender, their bank accounts. And that's what this was. They were abusing every element of power, every given opportunity. And it was disgusting. Yeah. I mean, it's the douche manual. It really was. Um, Yeah. The other thing I'm willing to predict, and, and I put this on the stories, but I bet they were never going to tip well. These are not guys that go, no, you guys did no. an awesome job, I'm going to tip you really well. I bet the tip is shit, and it was yeah. always going to be shit. Totally, totally. We'll, we'll see next week. Um, I got ranty, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um, oh, we also see kind of Adam and Jenna kind of crossing more and more boundaries with PDA whilst working. It's putting everybody off. It's uncomfortable, um, and that's not going to end well. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I haven't done any research to see whether or not this lasts off the boat. Um, but I think, honestly, I can kind of appreciate, I, I appreciate kind of how they're handling. I, I mean, I'm not the PDA and things like that, but I appreciate the fact that Ad, they, Adam did not sleep with her that first night. Oh, I yeah. appreciate that they're trying to take it slow and maybe see what it really is. Like, I think we ha- we see some tender moments between them, um, but I think the way it's affecting everybody else on the boat is a problem, and they're surely noticing that, so maybe they should. Well, we see in the previews for next week that they have a bust-up, so let's see um, how that affects the boat. There we go. Um, other than that, we've just right. got Georgia and Badger. And Badger? George. <laughs> Georgia and Padgett crossing boundaries yeah. again. Uh, sorry, Georgia, by the way, for using a picture you didn't like on the stories. That's my bad. But they're my <laughs> stories, so. Um, other than that, let's move on to Vanderpump yeah. Rules. In the longest wedding ever known to man. I can't even. However, saying that, it looks like a blast. They're having a great time. I mean, a murder mystery rehearsal dinner is fucking genius. Everyone in the pool, everyone getting petted. Like, it looks like the best week ever. Next to the week that I spent in France about nine years ago for um, Kat's wedding. Yeah, nine years ago. I know. Nine years, I wrote the same thing. Coming up like nine years ago. I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't want to say this looks like <laughs> the best wedding ever, a bit like mine. super smug. But the vibe felt the same. Like, it, let's it just totally get everybody was. into one place, have a party yeah. and then a wedding and just everybody's drinking and having fun and pedicures and manicures and playing in the pool. Um, yeah. Because yes. all of that literally happened at Kat's wedding. I it got, really, I got really mixed. Did. I got minks on my toes. I got schlack on my fingers. I sang Vanilla Ice to a backing band. We were in the pool most of the week. I subsided on nothing but brie and pate and wine for an entire week. And I'm it was fucking amazing. And we skinny dipped. And we skinny dipped with your nephews. Probably a little suspect, but... Not just, not just you, me, and my nephews. That would be no, really... No. Their mom was also my there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be clear. Everybody was like there. Sister, everybody was there. It wasn't just me and you. It like, wasn't a gross my moment. Nephews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. No, yes. Pedal back, pedal back. But uh, no, I mean, Kat's wedding was fucking epic. It was pretty good. Much um, like Jack and Jack and Brittany <laughs> apparently will be, as we still have to wait one more day for, or one more whole like week to see the actual fucking ceremony. Um, I, oh, I did write, Lord. I mean, I did write at the very beginning, the wedding! I was like, oh, oh. 
Anyway, doesn't look like it's going to be good. We've got yet more uh, fuster and bluster between Sam, uh, Stacey, Kristen and Katie. I have to say, both Stacey and Katie say in this episode that they are now done with Kristen. And I, I kind of think it might be the case. You know what? I'm done with Kristen. I'm so done hearing about Kristen and Carter. It is every fucking episode that we have to deal with. Are they broken up? Are they not broken up? Oh, she's so sad because they're broken up. Oh, he won't leave her alone. Oh, she won't let him go. It's just like, oh my God, this is like the longest breakup ever next to the longest wedding ever. Like, uh, what, what is her problem with letting things go? Like, she wouldn't let Tom Sandoval go. No. Now she's not letting this guy go. And this guy's, I mean, I can sort of understand why you'd want to hang on to Tom Sandoval back then, because he was kind of right. a great dude. But this but guy. Carter? This I guy. Mean, I mean, I, God, I'd rather, rather hold on to a soggy poo than him. The only thing I can think of is that she is addicted to the attention that she gets being in shitty relationships. Yeah. It's my and only guess. And that's what somebody said actually on one of the stories, which if I yeah. was more organized, I would have done that. She's sort of, she's but, been in an abused relationship. She doesn't realize how damaged she is and how kind of right. textbook the behavior is. But, um, good Lord. I mean, she goes after like the nicest guy at the party when she fucking confronts Bo and just like dumps all this shit on him. And he's just like, I, I, I don't even know what to do with this. Like, can we just be nice and be about Brittany and Jax? Thing is, it pushes, it pushes all her buttons when Bo says, yeah. Stassi is my number one priority. Right. Like, that's all I'm concerned yeah. about right now. And that's that all is, she heard. And that's all she's ever fucking wanted. Yeah. And it sent her mental. Um, well, especially because I think her and Bo were friends. Like, I think she's actually the one that set Bo and Stassi up. Oh, yeah, no, I do know that they had a relationship before. And I get yeah. that that's difficult. But also yeah. there has to be a certain... Like, her and Stacey and Bo have been together for a while now. Like, this... Yeah. This is, like, They're getting married. And also, you've got Carter, apparently. Why do you need Bo? Yeah, I mean, isn't that the whole... Like, and where is he? I mean, you brought him to this wedding. Where the fuck is he? He's nowhere. Also, I haven't seen him one uh, time. No, I agree. And <laughs> No, I agree. And also, but Bo handles it like a fucking champ. Like, Bo is genuinely... Bo and Jay Cutler, I'm feeling. Yeah. But he's just I would like, even you know say what? Bo is nicer than Jay Cutler. <laughs> just generally. Like, nice, nice to everybody. Oh, yeah, he's nice. He's not as... He doesn't give me the same fizzy knickers. But, um, no. But he does handle it like a boss. And he says, let's get unselfish. And, yeah. and focus on Jackson Brittany. And he does manage to diffuse her, but I have to say, I really hope this is it for Stacey and Katie with Kristen's concern because I can't deal with it anymore. No, it's too much. It's too much. I'm over it. It is That's too much. Um, the other thing we discover is that Katie and Tom are actually not, not actually- married. No, nobody sorted out the marriage license. And you know what? I have to say, I know a lot of people don't have a lot of time for Katie, but I really respect how she was like, you know what? I'm not mad at him. It was the one thing he was responsible for. He just needs to sort it out. Yeah. Like, you know what? You sometimes have to do that. Like you can't micromanage every moment of somebody else's life. And I respect her for just being kind of that way about it. Like, I'm not mad. He just needs to sort it out. It is hilarious though. Imagine going through all that (laughs) shit and not actually being married. Um, and, of course, Lisa does turn up. Which I think we called. Didn't we say that she was going to show up? Yeah, we knew we it. Randall it. flies her in on his private plane, which, 
I mean, that's Hi, like massive Randall. boyfriend points. I'm just going to fly them in and be like the king of the wedding. Take that, Tom Sandoval, and I your mean, to multicolored be- safety pins. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, Lala Kent was always going to end up with a guy with a private plan. I mean, this was... Oh, yeah. Well, it's been was- the same guy the whole time. Oh, has, I, oh, I haven't married before. I haven't got there yet. Well, she'll refer to him. Like, I mean, okay. it's not... It, will, it won't surprise you, but... We're still anyways. on It's a Secret. I didn't realize Randall had been the guy all along. Oh, yes. Oh, well, spoiler. Fuck it. Sorry. That's fine. Sorry. Okay. I, can't, right. I, can't maintain, I can't maintain your uh, reality TV fantasies it's while true. you're catching up. It's, I am not. Me and my TV watching is not your responsibility. No, it's not. No. It's, it, I'm okay <laughs> with that. It's fine. Okay. Uh, okay, so Lisa turns out I cried, not ashamed to admit it. Yeah. And there was a certain feeling of, of sort of synchronicity when you looked out and it was like Lexington Pride as well. And I just thought, and then Bo was in there dancing and I was basically a mess. Oh, I love how Stasi just loves him for that. Like, he's so extra. I love him. He thinks he's a good dancer. Let's not shatter his world. I love those two I think together. They're so lovely together. Um, I also love how Lisa is then really shocked because Stasi tells her about Katie and Tom and she was like, I put more. I put a lot of effort into those vows. Like they can't even turn in a piece of paper, and she's one hundred percent right. She is one hundred percent right. Get on that. Get on that. Get it um, Night before the wedding, obviously, Jax decides to get shit faced. Uh, so lit. no surprises there. No, but that montage was fucking ace. It really was hilarious. Bless Jax. Uh, Do we think he's changed? Do we think this is it? Do we think he's going to be a good boy? You know what. This may bite me in the ass, but I do honestly think he has. I I really think his dad's death did something to him. And I think, I mean, he's also in his, like, he's 40. Yeah. Plus, like, if you're not going to change, I mean, if he's not changed by now, he never will. I think after the death of his dad, it made him take a really hard look at everything. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think I think Jax Taylor has changed. I, I feel like I'm with you as well. So, And I think Brittany deserves the change to Jax Taylor. I do adore that girl. Like, at first, when I first started watching it without having watched any of the others, I was like, I don't get it. I don't get her. I don't get the combo. It feels weird. Yeah. But now I do get it. Like, she was just this weird out-of-left-field girl that was the one that turned him around. Yeah. Um. And just a quick note about Tom Sandoval. As much as he's kind of a dick, he really yeah. is the best, best man I've ever seen. I mean, no joke, he should have a business. He, like, you know 100%. that? Because they did that thing, didn't they, in the interviews? Yeah, yeah, they, they did. did which like, joke, hilarious. Which was brilliant, but that is true. I wrote the whole quote down because it was so good. Go he was it. like, I'll be ironing between 10 and 11. I have wet wipes. I have black and white safety pins. I have a double sticky topside tape. I have a sewing kit. I even bought tampons. The good ones, top-of-the-line tampons. I mean... The guy is a genius. He is. He's so on top of it. I mean, I definitely see why Lisa would kind of tap him to maybe start a business because I think when he's good and when he's on, he can be really good and really on. I just think he lets it go to the ego side way too much. Like we were talking about it earlier. Yeah, and I think the moment, said. yeah, the moment, I'm just, obviously, because I'm back watching, uh, not back yeah. washing, back watching. Um, <laughs> uh, we've just, I've just watched Tom and Katie's Wedding where Lisa Vanderpump offers him a partnership of Tom Toms. 
And I remember, like, that was the moment where I started to see the Tom that I see in this season. Like, before that, I was like, Tom Sandoval is, like, complex and feels all the fucking emotions, but he's a good guy and a sweetheart. Super emo. After this, it was like, mm, I've seen that. That just triggered something in him. Um, Yeah. I feel like I want to go back and watch it now. Yeah, it was really interesting. See that moment. Um. But that aside, he is very, very loyal and he's there for his mates. And I feel like, you know, he's going to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, we could talk about Dana and Max, but frankly, I, I just feel a bit like the whole show. I think show's... we need to give that a beat because I think everything's going to change next episode. <laughs> yeah. And also, I feel like their kind of attempt to inject some new blood into yeah. Family is not paying off. Like, I. You know what? I actually really like Dana. I don't know if I like this Dana-Max combo, but I do like her, and I like that she calls people out on their shit. I don't know if that is then going to bite me in the ass like next season. I'm going to have to be like, girl. Yeah. I just don't see how they can tie it all together. Like, obviously, Sheena's kind of, I guess, the glue, but there's no way of tying the two arcs together. So... I just don't know if it's going to work. We maybe, like the- it may be two separate shows. Like maybe the old crew will have one show and then like it'll be just a show about the new people. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and then finally, last but very much not least, Fairy Cavallari. Fairy Cavallari. Oh. Justin, and all I've got to say. Ju- oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I'll just slowly shake my head in <laughs> Justin's direction. <laughs> Man. And I think I I think why I'm disappointed in Justin is because A, I know how easy it is to be drunk off your ass in Italy and lose <laughs> a little bit of control. I think you We've all, all been seen that. Um but also like I don't know, like I feel Justin was extra, but I also feel he was extra because of all this kind of wedding pressure and wedding talk was really getting to him. And so he just went a bit fucking off the rails. And I think Scoot reacted to it in a bit of a weird way because he thought he was going to be engaged and that didn't happen. So it was all, it was like an explosion of unrealized expectations. Yeah, 100%. And where Scoot thought he was going to get, he thought that Justin was going to be on one knee proposing. And in fact, Justin was like pissed flirting with the waiter, which is about the opposite end of the extreme when it comes to expectation. But like the time I went out to buy a Range Rover and came back with a Skoda. It's, you have to, Scoot just needed a minute to manage his expectation. Yeah. But also Justin did behave badly and you knew he was doing it just like kicking back against the pressure. Yeah. It, it was like it was all the fucking, rails. it was textbook. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, and interestingly, I think this relationship works because I know Justin is like self-conscious about the age gap being much older yeah. than Scoop. But actually I think what works is the fact that in reality, Scoop is kind of the grown up in that relationship. Oh yeah. I think their maturity levels are definitely swapped on that one. Yeah. And I think that means that this is a good, it just seems to fit. And I love that this is the episode where we do see Justin finally by the ring. And we've got the season finale next week. So well, and it's really off the back of him being a gigantic ass and Scoot handling it pretty well, like when they came back, that like he was just like, Man, I was you know, I really fucked up. I'm really sorry. And Scoot was like, You did. I'll accept your apology, but I'm still a little bit angry. Like 
I liked that very real handling of the situation. And Justin finally come to terms with, fuck, I'm scared to lose him. What the yeah. fuck am I doing? And, sometimes and I think it he takes needed that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I really enjoyed watching that kind of discussion to figure that shit out after they got back from Italy. Because that's something that certainly we've learned to do. And sort right. of say that idea where you go, I accept your apology. I just need a couple of days. And yeah. actually the reality is you're over it in far less. But you just, right. that idea that somebody's saying, I'm sorry, doesn't mean that somebody can go, oh, okay, fine. Well, no, I'm great. Let's just all move right, on. Right, right. Um, just like Dennis and Portia. Like, I'm sorry I, I cheated on you. Oh, okay, we're fine. Yeah. And Justin handles yeah. that well, because often it's the person giving the apology that's like, well, I've said I'm sorry, so why the fuck are you still moody? Right. I'm going to badger was, you until you fucking get over it. Right. Um, so props to them both. I think this is a yeah. relationship that they should put a fucking ring on, and I'm excited I'm so excited. Because we saw a little, we saw a little teaser, didn't we? Of Kristen and Jay sat behind the scenes with the producers. I mean, and I will have to say this about Justin going off the rails. Jay stood up and was like the voice of reason. Went out to calm him down and was just very cool about the whole thing. I actually gained a lot of love for Jay. More so than I've already had in this episode. But I love the toast that he gave to Kristen and her friends. Just all about family. And they're kind of, for me, this whole episode was kind of about your chosen family. I mean, it was obviously about a reconnection of family. But it's something that really touches me. Because when I lived in England for six years, I created my own family there. So I have that chosen family. So from like, that's, it's getting me a little teary now. But like, Uh... that's what you guys are. So, you know. No, and I agree, and I wrote the same thing, that that Jay's toast was one of those things where it doesn't matter to Jay if he's a dick to people that don't know him. Like, that for him isn't where his priorities lie. If the people that he knows and loves know how kind and caring, then that's all that matters. And I think that's a really strong character to do. Absolutely. Being a people pleaser is exhausting, and it's not real, and he is not a people pleaser. And I really appreciated that. And then reason 2860 why I should be with Jay was he's such a great Insta husband. He takes a mean photo. He really is. Um, So, yeah, we're excited to see what happens with Justin and Scoot. I think we all know, but I want to see it, and I will cry. And then, of course, back in Nashville, we had um, a bit more of a chat. But we learned a bit more about Brittany and where she's at emotionally. Yeah, this is another kind of story that I just don't care about anymore. And maybe I'm being too harsh. (laughs) I I am very, very well aware that my heart is made of stone and there are some things that I just could care less about. But like this flip-flopping and like Brittany finds out that Stone's girlfriend's not really his girlfriend. She's very casual and then she has this kind of dramatic back and forth. And I'm just like, come on. Like, yeah, I I know it's been four years. But Jesus, like we all know how much happier you are. I mean, if you need to go back and watch this when it airs on TV to really show you, you can. there is a visible difference in so, you. You know what? And it feels a bit like Vanderpump Rules. You know, Brittany yeah. feels like the fucking Dana storyline. I, I don't hate her, but I don't really care. And when we think right. about where Uncommon Jane, uh, where Very Cavallari started, it was in the Uncommon Jane's offices. It was all about Kristen and the team that were working right. with her. It wasn't about Jay and her mates. Like, they kind of featured, no. but it was about the team. And very, very quickly, it became clear that the story was with a more personal one with Kristen. And right. honestly, they could ditch 
Brittany for me. I I feel like there's going to be some sort of professional blow up, like because Brittany's all in her head and like doesn't know what she wants and whatever. I feel like there's going to be some sort of professional repercussions next episode. Well, I think you might be right. I think Brittany might leave. I think my prediction is that she's going to say she wants to leave and go on to something else. Um, Yeah. And and that would be fine. I'd be perfectly happy watching Scoop, Justin, Jay, and Kristen plan a wedding next season. And like her friends that come in there, Jack, who is so extra with the Chanel bags. Oh my God. I'd love to see more of Jack. That moment where they were like, Jack looks like he's selling bags. I don't know if you've (laughs) ever been to Florence, (laughs) but the most, the best thing about going to Florence is, apart from the fact that you obviously funding the black market, um, is the amazing fakes that you can buy. Don't buy them because you're finding the black market, but buy them because they're great. Um, But the way he walks in with those Chanel bags and they're like, he looks like he's flogging bags. It's exactly what he He looks like. He 100% did. And I was crying with laughter. They are so funny together. Like I could use more episodes with that group together. Me too. Me too. I am here for them all. Um, Beaks, all them. Praise be. Well, I don't know about you. I'm just delighted that I got through this without coughing a lung up. I know. You did a very good job. Thank you for containing the coronavirus in your home. We all appreciate you and salute you. (laughs) You are welcome. I think while we're here, we should take a chance to say, um, if you haven't already, please go and check out our special that we've just put up this evening with Natalie. Yes. it's there. Check it out. It's a good one. We are going to be getting more guests on. Um, she is fabulous. If you don't know her, go and check her out. Um, and also, as ever, please, please, please rate and review. We we don't want it to be about the numbers, but it's about the fucking no, numbers. It so is. It, do it. Spread please. the word. Tell everybody. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. They do. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Hey.